You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind-the-scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session 17. I can't believe it is our second to last session of this season. It is crazy how fast this has gone, but I think it has been absolutely beautiful and I'm just so excited for you to get to listen to these last two sessions. This one is going to be really interesting. You guys will be able to hear what has happened with Erica's launch, what is going on there and what's really come up for her and all of that. And I think it is going to be potentially surprising and really cool to see. So I hope that you enjoy this session and I hope that it gives you a lot to think about in your own business and in your own development. What's going on? How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm good. Pretty, pretty awesome launch recovery. It was indeed. Um, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty incredible. I didn't, I really didn't have any, I think I didn't have any expectations. Mm-hmm. Kind of magic how that is, right? Yeah. We, we talked about it, um, last time and I was like, I'm just gonna like, and that's truly how I, I felt like I have no idea. I can't control this. Um, but we'll just, we'll just see how it goes. And then, um, yeah, it went, it went really well. So <laughs> that's really exciting. And I have two more people, um, two more people that asked to join late. So if they join, we're actually only 3% under in comparison to last time. Oh my God. That's amazing to go from what, like last time we, last time we talked was less than a week ago, I think. Right. It was yeah, yeah like, Friday and it's Wednesday and to go from 50% below to 3% below. Yeah. It's like amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing recovery. So I'm obviously really stoked about that. So really cool to hear about Erica's launch recovering from being, you know, 50% behind last time to only 3% behind in literally just five days, right? That is a tremendous uh, jump and recovery. And I really want to point out that this is why we make small tweaks and don't change everything. Because, you know, on our last call, we talked about, all right, let's just talk about Black Friday a little bit more. Let's add a little bit of context here, but let's not do anything crazy yet because we really wanted to see what happened with that Black Friday weekend, right? And obviously... It went super, super well and picked right up. And so this is where I think it's easy to just freak out during the launch, you know, when you're 50% behind last time and to feel like you just have to like burn it all to the ground and start over. But I'm so proud of Erica for just being willing to stay in it and see how that played out, make those little tweaks and see where they went. And then obviously if we had to adjust more, we would, but we didn't even have to. Like, it's amazing to see how, Sometimes the small stuff and just waiting it out can really make such a difference. And so I hope this is just evidence for y'all that like these things can turn around. Like it's just really about staying in it. And I know that that can be the toughest part, but it pays off so much. So 
it is fine to make small tweaks and it's really, really hard when you want to burn it to the ground and change everything. And sometimes it really is just different timing. You know, obviously we had Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all of that in here. Um, so, you know, this launch just played out differently than last launch, but it doesn't make it wrong. Like it, it matters not if it was a quick uptake or a slow uptake or whatever. What matters is are we seeing it through? And that's exactly what she's doing. And now she's seeing the results really, really, really pick up because of it. And I wasn't going to extend the launch, but I will now. Um, yeah. I think it always makes sense to extend the launch. Yeah, totally. I mean, you have the, you have the collateral, you have the stuff, you have the team, like that there's nothing really that set would say like, this doesn't make sense to do. Yeah. So we'll send, we'll start on Sunday actually. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then maybe like sneaky half day Thursday because the first live call is on Thursday. So that's when I want to close it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So that's like four, four days, four and a half days. Um, and, and then, yeah, so let's see last year, last time I always say last year, it was, no, it wasn't last year. Last time we did 29, no, an extra 29 sales during that period. So that's what I'm going for. Okay. Me. Amazing. So good. Maybe this launch exceeds the previous one. Who knows? Anything can Absolutely. happen. Absolutely. Well, I think what's good to see is, you know, that at least it's going to meet the previous one, basically, you know, not that it has to, or that it matters, but I think it's just beautiful to see, like, they can all look different. This, the other one started out faster. This one started out slower. It kind of evens out. Like, I think that's really important to see that, like, it can look different and still kind of get you the same result. Yeah. And if I compare the second one to the first one, the first one started out really strong and I remember freaking out during yeah. the second one because it was so slow and I was like, fuck this and no one's buying. And then this, this time it was even slower in the beginning. So I don't know if that's a usual thing when I don't, I don't know, as you launch things, people just get a little bit more like I've seen this and I'll wait to buy or if it's just coincidence. I think it also could be some of the like shadow ban stuff you're dealing with and everything too, where it's like just taking a little bit longer for people to like know about it, see it, that kind of stuff. I mean, I think there are different reasons for sure. You know, the first time they may have been like so primed and ready for that in a different way, but either way, it kind of doesn't matter. And that's the fun part where it's like, yeah, all that matters what happens at the end. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter if it starts slow or faster. Like, and it's just beautiful to kind of be able to like strip the meaning of that completely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes and, um, and yeah, it's just amazing. It's a good month again. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Always. Yeah. <laughs> the Seems new- like that's the thing now. Yeah. <laughs> it's the new normal. <laughs> I, I think that's important to say because there's almost like surprise <laughs> in your voice when you say that, right? <laughs> A little it's bit. It's like, oh, no, no, that's how this is working now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then again, like in January, February, March, it's still like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen really. Haven't really decided on it. Um, So in terms of like, revenue or income, there are still in 
December um, payment plans that will come through for from Shameless. Um, monthly um, coaching payment plans. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a big month like the previous ones and even like this one. But, but then again, you know, we launched, we launched the second round of pleasure treats in, in December. So maybe it'll just, maybe it'll just explode and it will be, and, and it will be a new, a really big month and it will be the new normal just continuing on. Like probably that's Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. So I just have to wrap Mm -hmm. my, just going to have to wrap my head around that and get with the, get with the program. (laughs) This idea of the tension of believing in the like good launch or good month and simultaneously being able to strip the meaning from it is so damn important. Like I feel like if there is one main mindset hack to business. It's kind of this one. Um, obviously there are so many good ones, but this one is so important because our brains really tend to swing one way or the other. We want to believe it's all good and have that certainty like Eric and I were talking about, or we want to just say, fuck it. It doesn't matter, you know? And for me, I think that that is one way to detach is fuck it. It doesn't matter. That's what I always tell my clients is like level one detachment. Right. And sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it gives you a little bit of pressure release when needed. But for me, level two detachment is being so locked into the outcome that you really are able to let go of the how and the timeline. So believing so much in the fact that your business is going to do well and keep doing well, that you can strip the meaning of what happens in this month, this launch kind of thing. Right. And that's really, I think, where true uh, detachment comes in because you still get to love, to want what you want and focus on the goal you want. But what we're actually detaching from is timeline. What we're detaching from is how all of that, that can really get in our way. So play, play with that in your own business, really practice that because it is such an important skill to master mindset wise, but it really takes a ton of time to build that up. But when you can both believe in the really awesome thing happening and have that super clear vision and strip the meaning of it from it having to be now or never, or it meaning something about you or it having to happen in a certain timeline or look a certain way. That is when shit gets so fun. And it's when business gets so much easier. I think there's like a little bit of a theme that we've seen come up, which is this idea of like being able to hold the both and there of like letting yourself believe that it can be that good, but also not attaching so much meaning to that. Right. So it's like, I think our brains like want it to be one way or the other so bad because that's so much more comfortable. It's like, I either want to just like decide it's not going to be that great of a month, get my brain on board with that and be fine. Or I want to like, no, it's going to be a good month. And like that has to happen no matter what. And I think it's that middle ground of being like, Seems like the trajectory's there and I could really believe that. But even if it didn't, like, I would be fine. Like, I've made way more than enough money. I have way uh, more than enough opportunities next year. Like, it's good. So it's just like holding that tension, right? Yes. I think it's exactly that. Like, I want to have a sense of, uh, what's the word in English? Um like confirmation, like there's a definitive, mm, like yeah. knowing. And so then it's easier to, you know, 
since I don't have the confirmation of the of the new, like it's easier to fall back into the old, which is like there will be a struggle mm-hmm. or it won't be enough. Or like we'll we'll and still like I used to like before we started working together, I was doing fine. Like I had five to ten k months. Um, mm-hmm. So even if I just just like just do that, like that. Yes. <laughs> yes, totally. It's almost like the thirty k plus whatever months are amazing, but it's not like. Oh my God. And if it ever dipped below that, my whole life would fall apart. Like that's not at all the place you're at. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to that place though. (laughs) (laughs) That place doesn't suck either, but no, I'm kidding. Um, I think it's just really valuable to see like what, what is really true if not just like, Oh, you've made plenty of money. It's like what I think you've proven to yourself is that you know how to. Yeah. Right. Like, you know how to double and triple and launch and have big months and do all those things. And so it's just having like the knowing of your like potential and ability there under your belt. That really makes the difference. I feel like I've preached some version of this just about every season of literally, but here we are again. And I think it's really helpful to see how it's at every different level of business, but It's not about getting the thing. It's about knowing you can do the thing, right? It's not about getting the client. It's not about having the 30K month. It's about knowing you can create that. That is what makes all the difference, right? So Erica now has this built up self-trust and knowledge that she can have the big launches, the big cash months. And it doesn't mean she has to sprint at that 24 seven. It just means she has to rest in the knowing that she really does know how to create that, know how to replicate that, know how to do that. And that is when things start to feel so grounded and solid in your business. Even if you have a month that's a little bit lower, it's really not about that. It's about knowing what's possible and what your potential is and what you can do there and having the evidence of that, right? So I just really want to share that because no matter what stage in business you're at, you can really find this and build this for yourself. Maybe you just know how to get one client. Amazing. Don't make it about that one client. Make it about knowing how you did it. Maybe you've just figured out how to get full in one-on-one. Amazing. Make that a truth in your business now that you just know how to fill your one-on-one practice. When you can lean into that versus seeing it as like, well, I was able to get this one person, you are going to start to see yourself so much more as a CEO, so much more as a business owner, and really start to believe in how replicable this can all be over time. And that is what's going to keep you going, keep you in the game and keep you feeling so much more certain along the way. Yeah, I think that was a a really big thing um, inside of me um, that I wanted to prove this to myself, especially with like the shameless launch and seeing such a, a big, yeah, a big number, big success. Um, I really feel like for a long time, because I've been like slow and steady and maternity leave and taking it slow and having to juggle lots of other things in my life that prevented me from like really like working lots and doing all the things that I wanted to do. Um, and not to say that I, my desire is to work a lot, but like really dedicate myself and create and, and work in that way. Um, there was this like, nagging 
like feeling or thought in my head, like, like, when are you going to do it? Like, when is it your time? Like, what, when are you mm-hmm. going to like, so it almost, yeah, I, I've actually had that thought over the last few weeks as I'm sinking into this new, new way of feeling in my business, of running my business, of, of being and feeling towards it all. It almost, it almost feels like I had to have that, that proof, like I could do it. And then from there, I can now sort of like step back and relax a little bit. And yeah, I don't know, feel more trust maybe also. That's exactly it. It's the self-trust, right? It's like, you know, I trust that if I wanted to, I could go run a 5k. I don't particularly desire to, but I trust that I've done it plenty of times. And if I wanted to, I could. And I think like, that's a cool thing. And same in business. It's like, you trust that you can create this. It doesn't mean you have to always work a lot or hustle super hard or any of those things, but like the trust that like, you know, the mechanisms and you know how is really exciting. Right. Yeah. And I think also for me, there was also a sense of proof that, you know, the work I've done so far with like building the audience, creating all the things this, this week we're, today we sent out the 31st newsletter. Like that's, that's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it's all like a, the, the accumulation of all the yep. work that there was also like proof in me as a, not just in the business aspects of launching and creating and, you know, hiring people to create the things that need to be created and all, but also in me and like in my competence in the relationship I've built with the audience that Mm-hmm. that they trust me and that they will buy something from me and that I am at a level in my coaching teacher trajectory. Expertise. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Expertise <clears throat> that like yep. this, this is something that I could do. And, and so it, it, it's like both like internal proof and external proof kind mm-hmm. of in a way. Um, and I think Absolutely. I've been, I've been craving that for a long time or not craving, desiring, whatever. Um, I've been, I've, yeah, I've been desiring that for a long time. Like I said, I had this idea for the mastermind in, I think it was 2018. And so that's three, two years ago. So I waited, yeah, yeah. waited, I could have done it sooner, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it sooner. So I did it now. Um, you did it at the perfect time. I did. Um, but in terms of, like competence and desire and all of that. I wanted to do it sooner, but I waited two years and, and I guess, you know, after waiting two years to create something that you've desired to create, of course that creates a, a longing, a craving, a desire. Um, and sometimes that's beautiful to like be able to sit with that and let it build for the right time. Like it's, it's so clear now that it was like the exact perfect thing, perfect time. Right. So it's like beautiful to almost like reinforce that you got that right too. I think so too. I think if I'd done it sooner, I definitely could have done, could have done it, but it would have been different. Maybe not as good. Um, I don't think, you know, with, I wouldn't have been such a seasoned teacher. So I think it would have been different. Um, and even though I feel some pressure to create and there's like, you know, tomorrow's the new module opening and all of that. And, you know, having to, to create and feeling a little bit of overwhelm with all of that. We talked about last week. I think if I did this two years ago, I would have been fucking freaking out because it would have been like, what, <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, oh my God. And now it's like, oh, I have to create this from scratch. And now it's like, I don't create anything from scratch because 
well, I do, but it's not, but I don't because yes. I've been teaching like, for so long. It's built into you at this point. So it's easier for it to come through you. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. It's beautiful I feel to like, reflect on that. I feel like it's just such a moment, you know, to give yourself that because I think that something I notice a lot with business owners is like, we can really start making things about circumstance or we can start making them about identity. Right. Um, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's like the idea is like you have the identity now and can keep building that of like someone who knows how to do this versus it being a circumstance. I.e., one time I made 56 K in a launch or whatever. Right. It's like, no, it's like the identity of being someone who is a seasoned teacher who knows how to launch, who internally like feels her craft, who externally sells it really well. Like having that be like the identity versus just this thing that happened is so important. I know we've talked about this season before a little bit, but I really want to bring this up again, which is this idea of identity versus circumstance, right? So seeing the identity of being someone that can do this versus the circumstance of it happening once, which is basically what I was just talking about on the previous clip, right? Knowing you can do it makes the difference. And so embodying the identity of being someone who can do that is the magic, right? So we don't want to just celebrate the circumstance of Erica having a 56K launch, although that's amazing and a great circumstance. We want her to embody the identity of being someone who can have really big launches or even this launch, right? You know, we don't want it to just be a circumstance of the relaunch rebounding by, you know, 47% in five days, right? No, we want to see it as an identity thing. I am someone who stays in launches and always has success with them. That is when it gets so good because it feels like it becomes part of you, part of who you are and part of your business. And that's when it stops feeling like such a fluke. You know, I know all of us have had that experience in business where it's like, well, it happened once, but I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do this again. What if it never happens again? And this idea of embodying the identity is kind of the antidote to that because we make it about who we are being and becoming and what that means about us versus just the circumstance. So you can apply this to anything in your business, but it is such a game changer. So I hope you will try it. Yeah feels good when you say all those things <laughs> I'm like <laughs> you're like say it again <laughs> yeah <laughs> so true though right yeah say it again please <laughs> yeah you're the seasoned teacher you've got this you know how to launch you know how to run the business you know how to do this it's a real thing it's not like a fluke it didn't just whatever randomly happen one time like you know how to replicate this yeah. Feels true. It does. It feels true. And also there's a little bit of not surprise, but like, uh, no, I don't think it's a, it's more like awe. I think like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Especially I think, you know, to, to kind of be sitting in the middle of the thing that you've been wanting for years. Right. It's beautiful to be in awe of that. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So I think really what I desire for December, having said all of this and talked about this, what I desire in December is really just like slowing down and like sitting in the center of that experience. 
integration. Yeah. Integration. Rest. Like not feeling like I have to do anything, but just letting things really land and like solidify in a way because of so many things have been mm-hmm. shifting and growing and all of these, you know, all of this seasoning <laughs> happening. Yep. Yep. Um, to let it solidify and, uh, in, in a conscious process, like in conscious integration. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So tell me, um, you said in your questionnaire how to not make it all feel like an emergency. And I loved that. And I feel like it's so tied to what you just said because we can't have that kind of December if everything feels like an emergency, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot. So with my team, um, I mean, I have two team members, but still, um, I emphasize and and remind them a lot that there are no emergencies and that we don't have to rush things and that things can wait. And so I feel like I've done a really good job of externally cultivating that that environment. Um and uh and even with shameless, like changing the structure because Mm -hmm. it felt like it was that emergency or like rushed feeling and all of that. But internally, I still have this experience, like, I have to respond to this email now. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I don't have to, I could respond this evening. But I don't know if we've talked about this, but they're like, mm, well, we, well, we did. We talked about it last week about like having a sense of like completion and achievement with things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But there's also this sense like in order, like different things, like in order for for my clients to be happy, I need to respond now. Or like, obviously my, obviously the people in Shameless are waiting for me to respond. So I need to respond now rather than feeling like they will be happy with when I respond because I choose when I respond kind of like there's sometimes there is this feeling of emergency and it, it, and it doesn't feel good and I don't want it. Um, And it's completely unnecessary at this point also, I feel, because mm-hmm. I, I choose. Like, I can choose to have a three or four day response rate to emails. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not unprofessional. <laughs> like, but sometimes I get into this feeling of like, yeah, of it being, it's important that I do it now mm-hmm. when it's not. Is there something that feels really bad about people waiting on you? Like what specifically is the thing there? Like, does it feel like pressure or heaviness or is there a story about that? Or like, tell me about the people waiting on you piece. I think it's more a story that like, it's important to respond within 24 hours. Mm. Bless you. Um, (laughs) In Swedish, we say, yeah. In Swedish, we say prusit. It's one of my favorite Swedish Ooh, words. It's so cute. That is a beautiful word. Say it again. Prusit. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's bless you. It. I mean, in it doesn't translate bless you. It's the expression. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, bless you is the thing that I. Anyways, this is not a Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> Free, free Swedish lessons. If you're listening to the podcast, there are some Swedes listening. I actually, you're got, 
I got a, a message on Instagram from a Swede living in Iceland, I think. Oh, that's sharing, amazing. Yeah, sharing a really wonderful message with me. So that was really sweet. So, hi, Iceland. Hi. <laughs> Anyways, no, it feels like a story. Um, yeah. Like it, professional people, coaches, businesses respond within mm-hmm. 24 hours. Um, the most professional thing to do is to respond immediately or um you know something around like credibility the relationship all of all of those things and all, i think also just like it being so like digital these days as well like what we talked yeah. about last time since it is yeah the message like i received the message immediately um and many times you know I, people can see that you've read it for example or things mm-hmm. like that um so there's that but there's also yeah this sense like it has to get done now like otherwise maybe it won't get done or um i think also it has to do with because my husband and i talked about having a, a different setup where i kind of like I do other things during the daytime and then I work for two to three hours in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though I know there's designated time in the evening to work and, and I even realized that it feels like I'm a little bit more productive and effective when I have that like two hour window because it's like, boom, I have to get it done. Totally. But there's, there's still that feeling inside. Maybe it's just, I don't know, habit or some kind of addiction or attachment. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But the feeling of emergency does come up as well. I think something that's really, well, two things really come up for me though. One about like the professionals respond immediately thing. I think like what's really true there to say is that it's more that there's just an agreed upon frame, right? So it's not that like 24 hours is the thing. It's just that like, there's an agreement there that you know someone is going to uphold, right? So I wonder if that's something for you to play with, even if it's just an agreement you're upholding with yourself. But it's like, you know, I always respond within four business days or something like that, where there's almost like this thing that you can have as a benchmark to know you're doing it in a way that feels true and aligned, as opposed to that benchmark constantly shifting in your brain where it's like, today it feels like it should be 24 hours. Tomorrow I feel like, fuck it, I should have three days if I want. Like, and it moves around. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. In my coaching client, uh, agreement that they sign, I think I say, what do I say? <laughs> 48 to 72 hours. I think I say. So with clients email me, emailing me, and in that relationship, it feels there's clarity there in the agreement. Yep. But with the other things, it's more fluid. And more also like with like tasks inside of me. Like I will even tasks that don't have a deadline, I'll like open my computer and do a little bit instead of just like, well, I wasn't supposed to do it now. I was supposed to do it at, you know, 6 p.m. after dinner because that's when, or if I have a different schedule, like 
but my my there is this sense of like well i need to do a little bit now or like i need to create i need to it's it's important that i get it done now rather than just like enjoy feel spacious and do it later when there's that designated time or when i sit down and and i'm really doing it from a like a, a conscious focused place mm-hmm. does that make sense so two things Yes. One is like, I mean, this might just be a little one, but like maybe even just like look at and update the client agreement. Like if it says 48 to 72, just make it 72, (laughs) you know, or like, just like really have that clarity for yourself. But then on the flip side, I feel like, is this maybe more of a conversation of like you having trouble giving yourself spaciousness versus it actually being about professionalism or all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think that's true. (laughs) <laughs> right. Cause it's like the way you explained that was more like, I won't just take the time. I'm like creating an emergency. So I don't just take the time to like, whatever, sit and have a moment, create some spaciousness for myself. Know that I'll get it done later. Right. Yeah. That's, that's it. When's the last time you felt like you did that? Mm. Is it like it happens really sometimes or like super infrequently or like it literally never happens or? Well, I did it yesterday and Monday. Okay. But it, it required a lot of conscious effort, like constant reminder. Totally. It's, it's like my brain is just, yes, yeah, so addicted to, to work, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I don't work that much, like, it's addicted to work and it feels like we have to do something now. We have to do something now. You're going to work now, work now, work now, work now. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Like, leave me the fuck alone. Give me some space. Yeah, that's it. So let's try to discern a little bit here because I do think it matters. Like, is it more an addiction to work or more a resistance to spaciousness? And I know that's kind of the same, but I think it's relevant where it's like, when I have spaciousness, I love it. There's no resistance there. I'm just really, really like in the addiction to work. So it's harder to get it. Or it's like, oh, I use the addiction to work because I really feel bad about having spaciousness. Mm-hmm. And like when I get it, it's really hard to enjoy it. And like, I can't really make the most of it. I feel guilty. Like what, which like side do, does it feel like we fall on? Say it again. So one would be like, it's way more about the addiction to work, meaning like there's something about work that just feels like it has to be the thing. But when I have the spaciousness, I really enjoy it. I don't resist it. I relish in it. It's all good. Or it's like the opposite, which is like the addiction to work is just how you're, you know, handling it. But what's really true is that like when you have the spaciousness, you resist it. You feel guilty. It feels hard to take. You're not really like relishing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the latter. Yeah. I do yeah. Too. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> like the addiction to work isn't the thing. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like how you're, how it's manifesting or whatever, but like, yeah, it's really about like the guilt or intensity or however you want to frame that of the downtime. Right. I think this conversation about resisting spaciousness is so important because I think we do that so much as like high achievers and high performers. You know, we think it's about the work, 
but we're actually just using work to avoid the spaciousness and what might show up in that, right? And so, you know, we we can so easily feel like, oh, I'm addicted to work. It's about work. It's about the work. And I think that sometimes that can be true for sure. But I think that in other cases, like with Erica, it's almost just like this top layer manifestation of this much deeper avoidance of what true spaciousness might bring or feel like or uh, cause us to think about or whatever, right? And so really paying attention to what is that play for you is important. You can see we kind of tested some different theories with Erica, processed it out, and really were able to kind of lend on that a little bit, not because she didn't still exhibit some of the uh, top level symptoms of being <laughs> addicted to work, but because there's like this deeper reason underneath it, which is that, you know, sometimes it can be really hard to let it feel good to sit in that spaciousness, to see what our brains, you know, come up with to confront ourselves in that. And so looking at that in your own business is really important. Like, is it really about the work or is it more about having trouble with the downtime and the spaciousness? Yes. And especially now that I have more downtime than ever, because I, yeah. So then, and I think that's also why I have been like, as soon as there's some spaciousness, spaciousness, I'm like, what's the next program I should communicate, like create, Mm -hmm. or what's the next thing? Not because I necessarily have to, but because there's this, yeah, I think resistance to spaciousness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, yeah. I totally think that. Yeah. I totally think that makes sense because there really isn't like this deep ingrained, like it, like I have to work all the time kind of thing. It's more like that's what you feel when you're resisting the spaciousness, right? Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like you had a little bit of it yesterday. You had a little bit of it Monday. Like what happens when you have that time and you have to work really, really hard to take it? Like what are you having to talk yourself through? What is that looking like? Uh, yeah, I have to remind myself over and over again, like, don't, like, don't check the emails, don't start thinking about that or planning that or thinking about that, um, be present, um, be here now, like, do what you're supposed to do with, like, and be present with it. Do what you're doing and be present with it, whether that's like cooking or doing other things or being with my son or going places. Um, and there are little reminders that, or like little triggers all the time. Or it's not really a trigger, but they're thoughts coming all the time that like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but what about, what about work? Or like, what about this? And what about this? Instead of just feeling, yeah, really content with the spaciousness. Mm-hmm. And I'm wh- curious, like, yeah. go ahead. No, go. Yeah, go ahead. I'm curious what, like, are, when you have that downtime, are you using it for the stuff you want? Or is it, like, going to other stuff you need to do, like, with family or whatever? Like, when we say spaciousness, like... Is that for Erica or does that just mean time away from work? <laughs> um, both. Okay. Both. Mm. But I have some family stuff that I need to take care of. Um, and life is much better when I do it. Mm-hmm. 
when I give myself the spaciousness to be away from work to focus yeah. on this, then everything is much better. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel like yesterday and Monday, I like things, life, relationship, even I, like I felt so much more harmonious. Mm-hmm. Can I draw a parallel here? Yes. Do we think it's a coincidence that you felt so much more spacious and harmonious and in balance and your launch magically fucking multiplied itself and took this big, huge leap in the middle of that? Perhaps. (laughs) Coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. It's interesting though, right? It is interesting. Yeah. I think it's just good evidence that like you taking care of you certainly doesn't hurt the business. Quite possibly helps it tremendously, but certainly doesn't take away from it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought I just had as well is like if I take a take time away, like if I really disconnect from the business, it's like almost a little bit of guilt, like I disconnect from the clients or the customers and the people that have purchased things from me, and especially people like, for example, with the mastermind people that are in the mastermind, like um like almost like if I don't always think about work, it's like I let them down also and so that also sort of seeps in as some some guilt and some like fucked up distorted sense of responsibility um Mm -hmm. that is it doesn't do anything good for them like it's not like i actually do anything um but it's just like a con like a present kind of feeling so if i was really disconnecting from work being really present in things both in personal stuff and like non-business related work like household like household is work um some relationships stuff can feel like work like it's still like stuff that i need to do or like i need to go fix the car because i kind of (laughs) fucked it up on the weekend and (laughs) (laughs) kind of fucked it up had a little emergency that was a a real emergency um but things like that like if i completely disconnect from the business um it's like i yeah let them down Mm -hmm. but like i don't have that expectation on you like i don't want you like i don't totally understand my own personal responsibility in this coaching a coaching relationship that you and I have and like anything else would be really a really like toxic relationship mm-hmm. and probably would actually feel bad too like if I was like well I spend like most of my day thinking about you yeah you'd be like wow that's like way too much no thank you yeah exactly I don't expect that from you I don't want that I don't want that for you Mm-mm. um and the whole reason why I'm raising my prices is because I want to work less. And then when I don't work, yeah. I don't want to be thinking about work. But it's the what's what's mm-hmm. it's what's happened as well. 
I feel like it's almost just a little bit of a pattern if that, or I mean a habit, sorry. Um, if that makes sense where like, I think that there, there may or may not be something like a little bit deeper there, but I think more than anything, especially at the beginning of your business, it's just becomes a habit because you are the one managing and doing everything for the first time. So it takes so much brain capacity and so much thought to remember every little detail. And that's just not the season of business you're in anymore. Like you have a lot of stuff planned that you, you have team to help you with the details. So I feel like it's somewhat just rewiring the habit a little bit here too. Um, yeah. Because like, yeah, I think like there, there are pieces, but you're so quick to talk yourself out of it. It doesn't really feel that charged. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're I've, very quick to be like, no, I know that's kind of not healthy and it's really not what I want. And did it like, I, and I feel like there's like a lot of neutral energy around that. So I think it really could just be this like habit or story that has come up of like thinking about the business this much is what has created this like success or safety or whatever. And it's just proving to yourself that you can have safety without that. Kind of like you did this week, having your launch like rebound so exponentially while having a super balanced week, like that's evidence. You had to work really hard and consciously and intentionally at breaking that habit. But I don't know that that's a bad thing to put your energy to. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. It's definitely habit. Like it's habit of the mind. Um, that I need to break and set boundaries for my, my mind. Um, and I think if I do have ideas or thoughts or, you know, things I want to remind myself or things that I want to do is to write them down in my mm-hmm. analog paper calendar. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so instead of opening the computer and like, I'll just do this now. Right. It's like, I will do it later when, when it's time to work. And so now I really get to enjoy the spaciousness. I think it's also, I think it also has a lot to do with just giving myself the permission. Yeah. And seeing that that's like, you know, not the professional hand quotations things to do isn't to be on 24 seven. That's like the toxic unhelpful thing to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how it went from like emergency to like addiction to resisting spaciousness Mm -hmm. to feeling really. And like underneath that, there's this feeling of really permission to, to, to be like more Erica, personal, non, non like business Erica and yeah. less, less work Erica. And the business will, will thrive even more. And like the business will continue to make more. The business will, the business has momentum now. It doesn't need me as much. I often say that, um, for me personally, uh, getting a divorce was the best thing that ever happened to my business because it just took so much of my brain space. I just couldn't give it to my business anymore. Like mm-hmm. something really big happened, you know, in my life that just took my energy and attention away. But 
was the best thing that ever happened to my business because I just stopped thinking about my business all the time and really trained myself that the less I thought about it, the more it was thriving, actually. Um, And so obviously, (laughs) like, no one needs to get a divorce to have that happen. But my point is just that, like, there really is magic in having a circumstance or a habit interrupt or whatever that helps you realize, like, wow, this is so not a requirement of success. In fact, it's a hindrance to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I, listen, I think, like, there probably is still something a little bit there with the resisting spaciousness part. But I think, like, it's hard to get to that if we're just in that old habit. It's almost like some of the habit has to get broken so you can crack open what's there. Do you know what I mean? So I shared with Erica about how my divorce was the best thing that happened to my business, right? And I think it is so important to say that, not because it's about having this terrible life event or that, you know, it's about a divorce, but all it was about for me was reworking habits and thought patterns. So I had been in a habit and thought pattern of thinking about my business so much of the time. And then when that shifted and I really had to dedicate a lot of my time, brain power, energy resources to my relationship and then to the subsequent uh, divorce from there, I realized how much better I felt and how much better my business did when I wasn't so focused on it. And it really freed me because I built new habits and I built evidence and self-trust that the business can do just as good if not better when I'm not obsessing about it all the time. And again, I think it's easy to do that at the beginning of business because there is so much to learn, remember, build, all of that. So, you know, there's some very real components to that, but at a certain point, we have to break that habit and that thought pattern. And that's really what we're talking about with Erica right now is at one point, maybe it really served her and now it's really, really not serving her. And, you know, at at that point, it might have served her because it really helped her keep all those things in place and got the business off the ground. And now it's just becoming a hindrance. And so seeing our ability to create new habits and create new thought patterns, even if that takes a lot of energy and attention, or for me, like it took, you know, a big life event, but regardless, our brains are so malleable and adaptable and so powerful, and it is so possible to rework those. So if you are finding yourself in that, that is the first thing to look at is how do I rework some of these habits and thought patterns? Because ultimately that's going to show us more about what Erica is resisting in that spaciousness too, right? It's sort of hard to confront what's there. We're never going there. And so by reworking some of these habits and patterns, it helps us see what is truly underneath that. So that is an amazing place to start. And I totally recommend you do that if you're feeling the same. Yes, I think that's true. Um, I won't really meet the good and the bad of spaciousness before I actually experience spaciousness. And so it would exactly, it would be kind of like working with whatever projection or perceived you know, stuff that is there, good and bad, but I haven't actually like to a certain degree experienced it yet. Like I, of course I have, like I, you know, I, of course there is a spaciousness in my life. Um, I, I, I drop off my kid at 9am for daycare. Like I, I can go attend. Like I, there's a lot of, I don't work much, but still my brain is working a lot. Like I, 
Exactly. That's it, and that's the spaciousness that I really desire, um, both like physical and like mental spaciousness. Because I have created some of the physical, and that's good. But the next step, and the really important step, is the mental disconnect and spaciousness. So something that I think is really important, too, is to be like, well, what are you replacing those thoughts with, right? Because it's very unlikely that our brains are just going to turn off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's also being like, what else do I want my brain to be focusing on? What else do I want it to be thinking about? What can I give it almost to, to think about, you know, like if I give my sweet little Riley over here a toy and tell her she can play with it, she plays with it and doesn't cause distraction. If I don't give her that, (laughs) all of a sudden the pillow on the couch is (laughs) the toy and we're causing issue. And I think our brain is kind of the same. Like, you know, it needs us to be like, here's the toy you get to play with today. And so I feel like it's helpful to think about like, what is the replacement for work thoughts too? Yes. For me, it's definitely the personal development that I desire to focus on. Yeah. I love that. Because I've done so much professional development over the last, over the last years. And yeah. And really what I desire is, is the, the personal development. I love that. Like, and it's also so juicy and like, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this, but it's almost like, like selfish in this like really delicious way of like, what I want to think about is me. Yeah. And I think that's so important for us to be like, I spend all my time taking care of, serving, supporting, mothering, whatever. Like when I have brain space, I want to think about me and like just making that so delicious, right? Yeah. Yeah. Me and my family and like cooking and playing with my kid, like all of those things that feel yeah, also really related to my personal development and the stage where I'm at now. Yeah, totally. So that's what I want to focus on. On that note that we talked about last clip about replacing habits and thought patterns, the thing that I want to really talk about here is that replace is important, (laughs) right? Replacement thoughts are so crucial because we cannot just go radio silent in our brains. Like unless you have been, you know, a master meditator for years, it is very unlikely that your brain can just fully turn off and go radio silent. And I think this is where we get ourselves stuck sometimes is we try to not think about work. Well, that's super fucking hard to do, right? To not think about a thing. It's like that thought experiment that people give of like, you know, don't think about an elephant. Of course, the first thing you think about is an elephant, right? So we have to pick replacement thoughts and give our brains something else to focus on and to chew on so that we are not stuck in that same pattern of being like, well, I shouldn't be thinking about work. Meanwhile, the whole time thinking about work, you know? So I loved Erica picking personal development and really letting it be about her. I believe this was a Bob Proctor who I think said one time something about like, imagine spending 20 minutes a day getting to know yourself. Imagine what that looks like in a year. Like how few of us actually spend 20 minutes a day just on ourselves. And this is exactly what it reminds me of here with Erica picking that. It's like, 
imagine like the difference in the context of your life if you just dedicated more of your thoughts to yourself and your own development than to everyone else and what everyone thinks and what the business needs tomorrow and all of those things, right? It's kind of magic to think about that, but it's so crucial that we are intentional with that. Like that is typically not the place our brain is going to default unless we have been in that habit and pattern for a very long time. So we have to be super intentional and really watch our thoughts. And, you know, I think that can feel like a little bit of a bummer or a big give sometimes, but gosh, there's just nothing more important than spending the time to be really intentional about what our brain is focused on. So if you are resonating with this, or if you have something else you're really spinning out on that, you know, you need to stop thinking about, don't just make it about not thinking about the thing, decide what you want your replacement thought to be, and then make the work about cultivating those new thoughts over and over again. So that can be just like a good little habit interrupt too, is when you find yourself in a, in a, work thought loop to be like, what is the like personal topic that I want to really put my brain on right now that I want my brain to chew on? Like your brain really doesn't give a fuck as long as it has something to like think about and solve and ponder and whatever. Like it's not, it's not super discerning, but you just have to point it in the right direction, you know? Yeah. I did really well for those two days. And then today was tricky and challenging because I had calls during the day and they were kind of spaced out. I got confused about the time and then I opened my computer and, and then it, I was, you know, down the rabbit hole. So it's really, yeah. really, really need to manage my mind. Yeah. And not making that wrong. You know, I think that that is what happens when we have to do a pattern shift like this. Like it's going to feel like a tremendous amount of work and mind management initially. And I think that that can make us make ourselves wrong. Like, shouldn't be this hard. Why am I having to do so much of this? But like you just do that for a few weeks and then you, it, the intensity lessens and it feels like a new pattern you've created. So I think just like loving yourself through that and giving yourself grace through the fact that like, it's going to feel like a lot. You're going to take two steps forward and one step back sometimes like two good days, one day down the rabbit hole, but like you're still making progress there. Yeah. Yes, this conversation feels like progress. Having identified these things, like the two, the last two days really felt like progress. It's def, something's definitely shifted and it's really about just like repeat, 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 repeat. Mm-hmm. And you, you really even shifted by like, we talked like again, less than a week ago, like literally, uh, five days ago or something like that about like, what would it look like to plan to make the plan? How can you include your husband? Like, what would all that look like? And you already did all that. You're like, we talked, we decided I would have these hours at night. We did this. Like you're, you're doing so many of the things like that's so much progress in five days to be like, and I had two really good days and we planned about the plan and it feels so much better. Like that's huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And I've realized just how much of like I've talked with my husband about this a lot but really realizing just how how many problems in my life have been created from the absence of planning and really Mm -hmm. like taking that conscious time and effort to plan and to 
to sit with it, to, to think, reflect, and not just be so impulsive all the time. Um, and so I've also been really meeting a lot of those patterns inside. So yeah, it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of habits. <laughs> yeah. I think what's really beautiful to see, like almost to circle back to like our initial conversation is like, you have like, I hate this word, but whatever, uh, you have kind of like hacked the business side. Like, you know, what's required, you know, how to show up, you know what you have to do, like all of those things. Right. And now you're just coming back to the personal side to be like, well, what are the best ways for me to get all of that done so that I can keep doing the things I want to do in business, but it doesn't feel as messy, as reactive, as, um, you know, emergency like. And so it's really cool because it's like, well, now that I get this mechanism, I can come back over here and decide what best supports it and what feels best to me, as opposed to it being like, oh no, that's just the way it is. It's always messy and reactive. No, that doesn't have to be true. I just had to like figure that out first, you know? Yeah. I know. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's all, it feels like it's, it feels like it's all going to work out. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I think you have all the evidence that that's true. Again, like look at what changed in five days, just in terms of your own, like, planning in terms of your launch in terms of having good days like you can make those changes in five days where are we five weeks from now where are we five months from now like everything could change right yeah Yeah, it's beautiful to look at that longer perspective and and seeing that and that's exactly what i what i realized that i want to do and that i need to do is really work with that vision having the vision holding the vision working with actively visualizing it, like, what will it look like? Like, really, what will it look like in five months? And mm -hmm. using that to fuel the motivation, the energy it will take every day, meeting my thoughts, meeting the patterns, shifting the patterns. Um, well, making... that's where the planning is so useful, right? Because it helps you have a more long-term vision. And that's where, like, you having that vision, visualizing it, like, brings them together. It's like, it all starts to make sense that yeah. this is what I'm planning for. Right. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I like your little smirk. You're like, <laughs> we, should, we will see. <laughs> we will see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It feels a little challenging with my mind, but I definitely feel like it's something that I can commit to. Like it, yeah. You know, being, being, like being committed and doing stuff over five, like the last five days, it's good and it's, it's absolutely worth celebrating. But I also feel like this is more of a like long, term yeah. like slow shift and I notice when I when I celebrate myself too much I'm like this was a really good day then the next day I'm like okay then I'm I too I relax too much mm. um 
Like you almost feel like nailed it. Don't have to be intentional yep. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Not that it's bad to celebrate yourself, but it almost gives you a false sense of like, and now we're done with this kind of thing. <laughs> yep. And then, and then, yeah. and then I fall back into old patterns and then it doesn't feel so good and it creates yeah. tension and a domino, a negative domino effect. So, so yeah. Um, I really, really desire f- this, this to change and for this to be a long-term goal and a consistent, like slow, gentle, disciplined way of life. And and also I think just remembering, like, even if you do fuck up or have a day where you didn't focus on it or whatever, that's still part of the forward momentum too. Yeah. You know, like if we're talking long-term, if it's kind of like how we were talking about with the launch, you know, like even if this launch ended up still being 50% under, It's not like we'd close the business down. It would just be like, okay, one step forward, one step back sometimes. That's okay. We learn from it. We move on. And same here. Like we're thinking long-term. So it doesn't matter if you have a couple days where you don't follow this or you fall off the wagon a little bit. We just get right back on it. Yeah. That's true. Beautiful. I'm proud of you. You had a great five days. Great launch. You have plenty of time to keep practicing this, plenty of time to keep launching, and plenty of space that you can use for all of this. <laughs> yes, that's Feel true. Good. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Keep me posted on launch stuff. I'll talk to you in base camp and have a beautiful week. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.